Hey guys, I'm here today with Jaspreet Singh. He's a serial entrepreneur, licensed attorney, and founder of Minority Mindset, an education platform for financial education and entrepreneurship. He's also the co-founder of SIVA for Everybody, a community service organization dedicated to helping those in need in the Detroit area. Having built successful businesses in three industries, Jaspreet experienced setbacks during the early days. He vowed to share these lessons he learned with others through his YouTube channel, that reaches over 400,000 subscribers across the globe. To learn more about what he's doing, go to minoritymindset.com. Dude, incredible, firstly. How did this journey all begin for you? Hey, well, first off, thank you for having me here. Um, the Minority Mindset, well, I guess it all started a while ago. Uh, the Minority Mindset, first off, is just a mindset. It has nothing to do with the way you look, your ethnicity, or your skin color. It's that mindset of thinking different than the majority of people. And since I was young, I always felt like I thought different. I always, always did things different than the majority of people. Like when I was in high school, I started hosting teen parties for kids in my school. And when I went to college, I thought, you know, growing up with traditional immigrant Indian parents, I was told to be a doctor. And the way I was raised, I thought everybody went to college to study and learn. So I was assuming people would go to college and spend their Friday nights in the chemistry lab doing extra science homework. Well, turns out that's not the case. People are not <laughs> in the chemistry lab on Friday nights. And so I was like, oh, well, what do I do? I wasn't too much into partying, so I started hosting the parties that people went to. So that's really where the minority mindset kind of started developing my mind. And after a number of different business ventures and a number of different investments and doing a number of things, learning about money, going out and learning about investing and how it all works, that's when I decided, okay, I think this minority mindset thing is something that needs to be told. Okay. So it's a big leap from going from starting a few parties to going into multiple companies. Tell us a little bit about that journey and how you actually grew the parties to where they were at. Yeah, so I mean, I never grew up learning about entrepreneurship or money. So, you know, the only thing I really grew up learning was science and math, thinking that, you know, if you want to become successful, you have to become a doctor. That's what I was always taught to believe. That's what I always believed. And so when I really started going into the event planning, started off in the party business, grew into event planning. So I was working at weddings hosting parties, concerts, and shows. And I was 19, and I was studying for, it's called the MCAT, it's that medical college admission test. It's the test you take to get into medical school. And I was studying for this test, and I remember I read a couple business books and money books, and every book that I read kept talking about how wealthy people invest in real estate. I didn't know what that meant. Um, but I was sitting there studying for this exam, and I was so bored. And anytime I had some free time, I would just look at the financial markets. And, and this was the time when real estate was rock bottom. This is right after the 2008 bust. And I had some money saved up because of the parties that I was doing. And so I just decided to start looking into real estate investing. I asked my parents. I was like, you know, Mom, Dad, I want to invest in real estate. And they were like, you're stupid. Go become a doctor. <laughs> so... Um, I, I mean, I, I've always been a doer, so I just started calling real estate agents to see what was out there, and I took my MCAT on August 21st, and on August 22nd, 
I closed on my first investment property and that really opened my mind to like, holy cow, I can make money without having to host a party or without having to physically do some work because now I own this property and tenants are paying me rent and I hired a manager to do the work. I mean, in the beginning, it was really tough because I didn't know what I was doing and I made a ton of mistakes, but I was making rent checks, income, profit, without having to physically do something. And that really blew my mind. And I was like, you know, this is crazy. Like how I was never taught this. I didn't know that this was possible. Like this has kind of happened. And so I dove all in. Like I, I got my realtor's license right after that. I started flipping real estate contracts. I did some more real estate investing. Um, I started a ton of other businesses because I really liked entrepreneurship, but I didn't know how to do it. And I knew that after taking that exam, I was like, you know, I don't want to be a doctor. But my parents, being traditional Indian immigrants, they won't. But I knew that I had to be able to find a way to support myself while I'm in school so I could show my parents, you know, I can do it. And so I did a ton of businesses. I mean, I, I started... I, I did all that stuff in real estate. I, was, I started uh, an e-commerce business. I started a sock business. And then eventually I told my parents, mom, dad, I'm not going to become a doctor. And they were not having it. They were like, you know, you're out of your mind. And so we eventually settled on me going to law school. And, you know, and I say this and every time I say that. I was like, just what? about to say, no, you must become a doctor, lawyer, <laughs> engineer. Yeah. <laughs> and, but for me, it wasn't that big of a sacrifice because... I had been in school my whole life, so I didn't know anything else, and you know, I, I didn't, and I got a decent scholarship. So for me, it was just like, all right, fine. It's not. It won't be as hard. It'll be all right. So, no, I didn't really think much of it, and so I was going to school. I launched my last business, which was a sock business, and during that launch, I was actually scammed by a fake marketing company. Uh, this company promised a whole bunch of things, and I was a little skeptical. But they, they kept reassuring me, hey, Jalspreet, don't worry. We have a money-back guarantee. If you don't love our services, we will refund you all your money, even if you spent it on marketing. So I was like, you know, all right, fine. Let's go for it. Gave them most of our marketing budget, and I called them back a few days later. Like a few days after I sent them the money, I called them because I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. I feel like I can do it better. So I called them saying, hey, you know what, I, I, I would just like to do the marketing myself. And I was in the gym at the time because uh, I was actually doing the chest, the chest fly. And I remember I was getting really irritated because I told him I want a refund and he put me on hold for like 15 minutes and I was in between sets. So I was like, man, my workout's getting messed up, what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm on hold and then all of a sudden I hear beep, 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 like that busy dodge and I was like, what? So I called back. And it goes, this number cannot be found. I was like, all right, well, this is kind of fishy. I called the other numbers that I knew. No one answered. Started emailing, got no responses. So I called an attorney. He was like, yeah, man, I don't know how to tell you this, but you got scammed. Your money's gone. So I was like, all right, well, what do I do? You know. So the launch was still very, very, very successful. Business did well. and But I still at the back of my mind, I was like, no, this sucks. Like entrepreneurship is hard. You got business people trying to, figure out how to launch a business, trying to do something good, and then you got people getting screwed over because of that. So I started making videos on how to launch a business without getting screwed over. I didn't know anything about YouTube. I don't know why I was doing it. I was just doing this honestly because I wanted to help people launch a business 
and not fall into the same scam that I fell into. So I was just putting that out there and people were really, really receptive to it. They were like, hey, Justin, this is really cool. Um, you should do more of this. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, I don't, whatever. I, I can talk in front of a camera. I wasn't very good at it, but, you know, if people wanted me to do that, I was willing to do it. And I like talking about entrepreneurship. I like talking about financial education because I never grew up learning about it. And all my friends didn't really enjoy talking about it. So, like, me talking to a camera was my way to kind of get it off my chest. And that kept growing and it became minority mindset as it is today. It's awesome. I guess what I'm seeing from that perspective is you're entertaining in your videos. It's not just that dry business content. Yeah, you know, the, that's, our goal is to really make financial education accessible. And so if you, if you think of like investing or investing education, a lot of times you think of an old person sitting in front of a desk in a suit and tie teaching you about the time value of money in the most boring and dry way that you can imagine. And I don't like that. I don't talk like that. So <laughs> the way that I, you know, I wanted our content to be entertaining the way that I talk, right? I'm sarcastic. I make jokes. So I, I teach the financial education on our YouTube channel the same way that I talk. So I kind of make it fun, entertaining. This way, you know, it's not like you feel like you're in a lecture. You're, you're having fun while learning. It's different like millennial style videos, like the Vice, etc. that you do, which is incredible and thank you man yeah so that, that's our goal is to really really kind of make financial education accessible to everyone okay and are you still running other businesses yourself or how do you how do you generate income are you still flipping properties buying new stuff so i do a lot of real estate investing okay I, uh, I've, I've done real estate investing for a number of years now and i still grow that that is i do a lot of that and uh, recently i just transitioned more full-time into minority mindset because I feel like this is something that I really enjoy and I want to continue to grow. And so one of the couple of the things that we're working on now is on our Minority Mindset YouTube channel, we have just started a stock market investing series. So before we used to make videos every Wednesday and Friday on the Minority Mindset YouTube channel. And now every Mondays, we have a stock market series that will be taken on by someone who's a stock market investor here. He's, he's actually helped me a lot with stock market investing. I My experience, my expertise is in real estate investing. Okay. So I brought on AK, who is a stock market expert. Like he started a research company that sells investment research to high net worth people and to hedge funds. So I mean, he, he's been involved in the stock market game for a long time and he knows a ton. So now he's making videos every Monday we're getting ready to launch the Minority Mindset podcast. We are, you know, I talk a lot about how it sucks that money and financial education is not taught in schools. And so we're in the works of developing a complete financial education curriculum for students K through 12 that teachers can download. And the cool thing about this, what I really like, oh, I'm really proud of, I guess, That's cool. is the reason many teachers don't teach about money is because it's hard to teach something you don't know. So the first thing that we do in this curriculum is teach the teachers what they need to know about money. And then we give them activities and guides and homework and everything that they can give to students. So students literally have a guide on how to start learning about money from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. So when you're in first grade, you're going to have activities like 
you're going to be given 10 apples, and then you're going to color three apples for taxes, two apples for expenses. You're going to color one apple or two apples for investing. So, you know, it's, it really caters to your age group. And then when you're in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, You'll be learning more about actual different investing strategies. You'll be learning about how to budget your money. You'll be learning about how to spend your money. So, you know, that's one of the things we're working on and getting ready to launch. And, uh, yeah, so we've been growing in so many different ways that it's just, it's, it's been, you know, there's so much opportunity and so much need that minority mindset is, is one. It's something I started kind of as a hobby that really grew into it's, it's my passion, and I was going into what I do, so I love it. Let's talk about the growth. How did you actually grow the channel? How did you get so many subscribers? Has it all been organic? Have you invested time into learning the tricks of, SEO, of uh, YouTube SEO, all that kind of stuff? So if you look at YouTube itself, I mean, the reason I would say that we have grown to where we are now on our channel is, one, mainly our content. So I... I know a lot of people talk about YouTube, they talk about the secrets of YouTube as you need to master the YouTube SEO, you know, keywords, title, description, and that's all important, but if your content sucks, it doesn't matter. Like YouTube is not gonna share it. The most important thing when it comes to YouTube is the content. Uh, and the way that you get better in content is just is learning how to present yourself in front of a camera. And that's hard, like I didn't grow up acting. I never learned about how to talk in front of a camera. So what I did was when I was in law school, I actually started taking acting classes at night. So I went out of my way just to see how I can learn to present myself in front of a camera, to learn how to talk and learn how to be more engaging. Because, you know, if I'm trying to be, trying to present a joke, in real life, it's, it's just, you know, one thing. But when you do it in front of a camera, you have to do it like 10 times bigger and just doing that, it makes you feel really awkward and uncomfortable. And so trying to break that barrier of just being okay, being weird in front of a camera, you know, that, that's something, or not even just weird, just being you, it's tough. And, and it takes time and practice. And that's not something we learn how to do. You just have to do it to get good at it. And, you know, staying consistent and continue to put out videos when no one's watching. Like, you know, I, in the first, the beginning year and a half, no one really watched our financial education videos and but I kept putting it out there because it was important to me and I felt like this was a message that I needed to get across so I kept doing it and eventually if you stick with it if you keep getting better YouTube will eventually start sharing you and you'll start to see that growth on YouTube that's something you hear quite a bit that the initial videos don't get traction until afterwards um, when you say you weren't getting any traction you're like can we getting any views where is it like one or two, your mom? So, <laughs> the honest truth is, what I would do is when I would upload a video at the beginning, I would refresh the page a hundred times. This way I'd have a hundred views on my videos. But the video views were just me hitting the refresh button. And the only people that really watched the videos were the people that I shared it to. So, uh, you know, yeah, you, no one's going to watch your videos except you, maybe, and the people you share it to. But you have to just stay consistent and keep growing and keep slowly moving and getting better if you want to start seeing that growth. Okay. From there, how did you start to get people to start? You guys are getting more sophisticated at some point. Was that you just learning things about YouTube yourself? Or was that you getting help? Do you bring in the team? 
I know at one point you did start to batch your videos. Yeah, I mean, it's more of like as a business, as you grow, then you have the ability to hire people to do the things that either you're not good at or that you don't like doing necessarily. And so, you know, YouTube is the same way. As you start to grow, well, if you don't like video editing or if you're not the best video editor, you can hire somebody. And the great thing about being alive today is you don't need to pay somebody a full-time salary to do that. You can find a virtual assistant, a freelancer, to do your video editing for relatively cheap. And if they're a freelancer in video editing, excuse me. Bless you. Chance, thank you. Chance, I'm, a, I'm a multiple sneezer, so I tend to sneeze a lot when I sneeze. <laughs> but uh, when, when people are freelancers as video editors, chances are they love it because that is something that they want to do and they want to do more of. And they tend to be good. I mean, I mean, if you find the right people, you can find some really good freelancers to get going. So, you know, it, it, another big thing is just just being honest. Like, I think that the reason, another reason that our channel has, has gotten to where it is is because I'm, I don't try to sit here and beat around the bush and kind of BS about who I am and who I'm not. I am who I am, right? I, I don't sit here and try to lie and show off flashy things because that's not who I am. I talk about, you know, building a business is hard work. I have... When I was building my businesses in college and you know previously, I did not sleep much. I was working around the clock. I didn't get to hang out with a lot of friends. When I was in college, I didn't get to go to football games because I was working Friday nights. I would, I would be working Friday night until because I was hosting parties. Parties ended at 2 a.m. And then I'd be at the club or wherever until 3, set, closing up, get home, 3.30, 4. And then Saturdays, I work at weddings. So I'd be up in like three hours that way I could get ready, go set up at a wedding and work 12 hours, 13 hours at a wedding, come home late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and then get up, work, start studying and start planning for next week. I mean, this, it was every day was a grind. And so, you know, when I talk about money management, I, I don't talk from the heart. Like I, I give examples of my worst investments. I talk about my worst real estate investment deal. I take you through all the mistakes that I made because I didn't have a mentor when I was getting started. When I started in real estate, I literally, I read books on it, but I didn't know anybody else who was doing it. So I just went out and did it and I made a ton of mistakes, but I'm very glad that I made those mistakes because that's how I learned what not to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm honest. I'm like, look, I, I'm not perfect. Here's the, here's the mistakes I lost. Here's where I made lost money. But those mistakes have made me such a, I mean, I, I have made that money back so many times over because I learned what not to do, I and I was able to kind of take that knowledge and start going into bigger deals, getting into commercial deals, and and taking <laughs> and knowing what to do then. So, if you talk about what do you present, is it's being you and being honest and being truthful about who you are, especially nowadays, where you see on social media everybody wants to have or flash the Lambo or whatever because you know it sells. Yeah, it sells. But if that's not you, people will catch on. You know, people will will see that, you know, oh, this guy is just, it doesn't seem right. Where some people it is, but if that's not you, don't force it. Be who you are. And, and it's okay to have an opinion. Like, for example, here in America, we have something, uh, a retirement plan called the 401k, which is essentially an employee and government-sponsored plan where employees can invest into this investment plan and they don't 
it, it's a special retirement plan created by the government where you, you can't access your money until you're older and retired, essentially. Well, I give my honest thoughts on it. As I, I'm not a fan of the 401k, and it, it's, it's, that offends some people because most people are raised to believe that the 401k is the greatest investment you can make. But I'm, I give you my honest thoughts on why it's not. There are better things you can do with your money if you're financially educated. So, you know, people will always want to try to change you so you don't have an opinion. But if you believe in something, believe in it and don't be scared to say it. Like if, if you want something, if you believe in something, if you are something, be that and say that. Don't try to beat around the bush and try to be who you're not. Were you investing into the production of the show before it actually became a business? No. So it became a, you turned it into business, then you started investing more into that production of it. So yeah, I mean, I, I as an entrepreneur, like I, I didn't grow up, my parents, like, okay, so when I started my businesses, I didn't have money doing it. So when I started my throwing teen parties in college, I had to be very creative. I started meeting DJs because I was working at weddings. So I worked at a deal with my DJs where we'd split the profits 50-50. We didn't have the money to go and rent out a venue, so we found a small rent restaurant in our area who agreed to let us throw a party there for free if we marketed them. How did we get people to come to the party? Well, I went to high school, and I could use the printers in school. So I started printing out uh, flyers in my school, passing them out, and making you know free word-of-mouth things, just telling people, yo, come out to this party. So you know, I, I've always been the bootstrapper because I, you know, my parents were not going to give me $1,000 or $10,000 to start my business. You know, I, it's not like I was worried about where I was going to eat or anything like that. Like I had a good house. I had everything. I was never poor. But as an entrepreneur, I had to figure out how to make it work because no one else was going to support me. Same thing when I went to college. And so if we talk at YouTube, you know, I'm not good. I, I wasn't starting YouTube as a business idea. For me, YouTube was just something I was doing for fun. And so, you know, even if it took off, like I, I, I wouldn't just start throwing money into something before I know how it works. And so when I started on YouTube, all I did was record videos off of my iPhone in front of a white wall. I didn't have any technology. I didn't have any lighting. I didn't have any sound recording equipment. I just recorded off of my phone. Quality sucked. My presence sucked. Everything sucked. But as we started to get traction, then we started to generate some ad revenue, and I was like, all right, you know, this is going somewhere, so now I can all invest in a camera. It's not like I couldn't afford it. I had the money to buy a camera. I had the money to buy lights. It doesn't make sense, but the business decision at that point. Is learning how to bootstrap, learning how to make it work. So initial revenue from this as a business was from ad revenue? Yeah, because, you know, we weren't doing anything else. I didn't really have products. I didn't go and get sponsorships. For me, it was just something I was doing for fun, and... I don't even honestly. I don't know how to how the advertisements worked. Like I don't even know how to turn them on or off. It was just something that was there, and I I, I just I was like, oh, I'm making ad revenue. I don't even know that. <laughs> so it, it was just one of those things where I was just doing it because I liked it. When did it become a business? When did you start going from ad revenue to products? Well, I, when I started a business, it wasn't that like, oh, we're making all this money. Let me turn it into a business. It was more like. I really like this and I see opportunity with this and if I'm looking at what I want to spend my time on, is it a different product or is it a minority mindset? And that's when I was like, you know, I really like minority mindset. So I want to grow minority mindset. And so that's when I made that decision. 
to grow minority mindset. Okay, that's when you start looking at what the models you can use to actually turn into something, whether it can be coaching or whether it's the products you're now doing. Yeah, I mean, we started off with just doing partnering with companies that I'm already using. So, for example, we talk about investing. Well, I was investing using certain brokerages, so all I did was go to those brokerages and say, hey, I use your investing apps. Can I promote you to our audience? And that was our, kind of the way that we first started generating real revenue. Cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. And what's next for you? What is, the, what is it you're trying to help people with next? What's the next big thing with Minority Mindset and with your other investments? So like I was saying, you know, the next thing that we're working on, we, have a, we just launched the stock market segment. Hopefully we'll get a real estate solid segment soon. We have a podcast coming. We have the complete financial education curriculum coming K through 12. And right now we have an ebook available to people who are interested in learning how to manage their money and start investing. It's completely free. You can read it on our website at theminoritymindset.com slash ebook. It's, it takes you through kind of, for one, what is the consumer mindset and what is the investor mindset? The consumer mindset is, is what the majority of people think about when it comes to money is you make money, you spend it, and you wonder where it went. And most of your money is being used to buy consumer expenses. But a consumer expenses is these are liabilities that lose value. This is things like shoes, cars, clothes, vacations, dinners out. That's all consumer expenses because you spend money on these things and your money is gone. But the investor mindset is, okay, I have money. Now, what can I do with this money to make money when other people spend their money? So instead of spending your money buying Nike shoes, how do you make money when people buy Nike shoes? Or if, you, if the majority of people are spending money to live somewhere, how can you make money when people have to live somewhere? So it's, it's figuring out how can you provide more value to the world and how can you use your money as a tool to help you do that? So it's, it's the building that investor mindset and then how to do it. So the ebook talks about kind of developing one that financial investor mindset and then takes you through how do you actually go about investing. And there's so many ways to start investing. I mean, the simplest way you can start investing is one, to pay off your debt. If you have debt that's costing you 6% a year, well, if you pay that off a year early, that's a guaranteed 6% return on your money. You don't get guaranteed returns like that anywhere else. So that's a simple way you can start investing. Another way you can start investing is by investing in your mind. Learn, learn about money. Learn about real estate investing. Learn about stock market investing. Spend 20 bucks on a book or spend $1,000 on a course. This way you can learn about how it works and kind of develop a mindset. And there are so many apps, once you're ready to really get into investing yourself to buy investments, there are so many apps out there that can help you get started with any amount of starting capital. Whether you want to invest in real estate, there are crowdfunding apps out there or the stock market. There are so many brokerages that now offer no fees. You can start completely free. You just have to you know, have some starting capital. It doesn't matter how much you start with anymore. So Stop there's so many what kind of apps are we, What kind of apps should people start with that you've used? Well, if you're in America, for example, I mean, M1 Finance is great for uh, if a beginner investor or even, you know, not a beginner investor, but someone, M1 Finance doesn't charge any fees to someone who's investing. They don't have any commission or brokerage fees. I use 
in the past, and I still use Ally Invest. It's more of a traditional brokerage, but you know, you have so many more research tools. If you want to get into real estate and you don't have the money to go and buy a whole property yourself, you can use something like Fundrise, which is allows you to kind of you don't own the property itself, but you you're investing in kind of indirectly real estate because they use your money to go out and buy real estate and if this real estate generates rental income and appreciates you make money now are you guaranteed to make money when you invest no there's a ton of research and learning and due diligence that goes on in it but you have to get started if you want to learn how to do it cool and if people want to download this book what's the best place for them to go you can go to our website theminoritymindset.com slash ebook you can go to our, if you just go to the homepage of our website, theminoritymindset.com, you'll see links there. Or if we go to our YouTube channel, Minority Mindset, uh, you'll see me talk about it in some of our videos too. All right, guys, there you have it. Chess Breed from Minority Mindset, epic book, epic education, and he's an awesome guy, as you guys have obviously seen in this video. Until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for having me, man.